Hey, Matthew, baby. You hear my hands rubbing together right now? You know what? I'm excited because we are going to open up this show with something that we have never Do you know what that is? I do know what it is, but let's let them know what it is. <laughs> we are talking about the Masters. Yes, sir. First of all, <laughs> shout out golf because I feel like it's the best sport of all time. Bro, CJ, shout rich. out CJ, CJ Vogel hit that that play, bro, on Dustin Johnson. It was like plus fourteen hundred. That's what. My, so my roommate downstairs, shout out my Irish golf roommate. He's a big golfer, and he told me I should have took a hammer Dustin Johnson in the Masters because I already knew he was like the best golfer around. I don't yeah. know why we didn't do Number it. Number one rank, yeah. But shout out golf. First of all, that's the greatest rich people sport of all time. It I is. love it. We should talk and it's about it. Mad more. hard too. It's it's very hard to play. I'm nice on the mini golf courses though, but in real golf, I I could I could my nine iron. I could slam a couple. I don't know what the terminology is, but I could rip a nine. <laughs> I could slam them. I could rip them. But um, no. Um, shout out Dustin Johnson. Shout out Dustin Johnson. He won the Masters today. Twenty under. He set a course record for. Ooh, you came with the. You yeah, came see? with the the, yeah, the stats. The e, bro. This is the saver e, metrics man right here. Uh, yeah, if I could remember the name of the course, that would be absolutely divine right now. I can't even remember. Oh, it's right. um, you know that course that they always Lee play Sports the Masters Resort. on. But um, <laughs> but uh, our our golf knowledge leaves a lot to be desired. But we figured that Dustin Johnson shooting a course record at oh god, it was on the tip of my tongue. It starts with an A. I'm pretty sure. I'll figure this out right now. Oh but... god, yeah, please look that up right now because I'm gonna look like a fool. I mean, I already look like a fool, but it starts with an A. You said? I'm pretty sure it starts with an A. Augustina. Augustus, Augustus, Augusta. I'm sorry. Augustus. I said Augustina, bro. So it says Augustina, bro. Yeah, Augustina. Yeah. Whatever, but, um, bro. Dustin Johnson, congratulations, you won. Yeah. To everyone who does listen that likes golf, don't listen to us for golf knowledge. We yeah, just had to mention it. God. But let's talk about some real sports right now. Wait, 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 wait. I do want to mention one more thing about golf. I did say I wanted to talk about this. HBO. I was watching a YouTube video on the PS4. First of all, I had a great week, by the way. I got the P- PS5 early. If you're watching, I'm holding the disc up right now. It's Miles Morales. I've been locked in my room and just playing it, Peter. I know I'm. I'm I've been um. doing, <laughs> doing finals, playing video games. But the PS5 is tremendous. Shout out iCook. I got a nice little PS5 early for retail. But listen, I was watching a YouTube video on Spider-Man because I just beat it. And then I saw an advertisement that HBO Max is dropping a Tiger Wood documentary that looks absolutely insane. It comes January, so just in time for the holidays. But I would check that all out if I were you guys because I cannot wait to see that. Now we're done talking about golf. Do you love some Tiger? But now for some real sports here. I'm just kidding. Golf golf is really, really hard, actually. But um, moving on to real sports here. Listen, the can't-miss parlay finally hit if you don't count the seattle seahawks yeah this week was a little bit of a heartbreaker for peter um for and ethan, ethan, ethan i was Musel, gonna say yeah, because he e- was the winner of our first ever 50 dollar par parway <laughs> parlay giveaway so um you know we're gonna be doing that every week for the rest of the football season yeah I not feel like including we playoffs so i feel like we didn't really promote that that well but since the halfway Thanks, mark, I appreciate season. that because I was in charge of that. So, yeah, so Thanks for a quick little, no, no, I mean, there, we Matt. didn't talk because, yo, we kind of like just I'm not talking about the promotion after. I mean, during the podcast, like we kind of just said middle of the thing, like, all right, we're going to do a $50 parlay giveaway. So since the halfway start of the season, we are now doing these 50, $50 parlay giveaways. If you say a key phrase that we will say sometime later during this podcast, and then you have to DM us what that phrase is, and then we will put in a $50 parlay of your choosing. If it hits, we'll give you what is it? Half. Half of the money. So, 
all you gotta do so, is just listen to us talk basically yeah. and you get some free money so basically what it was today was ethan actually played a four-team parlay it was a really good parlay too it was the uh nice. giants plus four it was the dolphins money line the raiders money line and then the seahawks money line three so, or four what a so three or four and the one that was probably the most sure i feel like out of all of them was the one that did not win so ethan did a great job with his picks hopefully we'll see him again win this but um now no back to back winners no back to no back to back winners true but you know if ethan is the only one that messages us then we'll give him a little try again but um, i i have a feeling someone else is going to hit it this week but um so now time for the key phrase that i'm going to be saying later on in the episode so Cheers. listen closely now and i will be saying it later the key phrase is let russ cook yeah <laughs> I was just going to say, um, <laughs> let Russ cook right after you said Seattle was the only team that didn't hit too. That's a great key phrase. And for the record, screenshot when we say the key phrase sometime throughout this podcast. Peter's in charge of that. I don't even know when he's going to say it. So you guys all got to stay tuned and listen. Please, if you want your $50 parlay to be put in when the money that you are so confident will hit, screenshot us the timestamp of when we say let Russ cook and we will put in that pick for you. I'm ready to go. Yes, sir. I am ready to go. We are going episode 28 here. That's a beautiful number. I can't think of anything in sports that relates to number 28 right now. Maybe um, for Joe next Girardi year, won, won. I was going to say the 28th World Series championship that the Yankees will be winning next year. Yep. So we'll dedicate it to that. That was when Joe Girardi um, changed his number because he thought they were going to win 28 rings with him. Unfortunately, he's now the manager of the Phillies. But shout out to 28. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the first thing we're just going to, you know, it was kind of a, uh, a lean and mean week for sports news, I feel like. Yeah. So Consider, the first thing. Sorry, considering the fact that baseball is now done. Well, it's been yeah. done for a while, but yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so stupid. Besides the fact that the awards got announced this week with. The and no one gives a shit about that. It's all yeah. popularity contest. I don't even want to say the, the winners of that stuff. Yeah, the fact that Clint Frazier was a top three finalist for like <laughs> gold glove in the outfield. That just should let alone tell you. To be fair, shout out Trevor Bauer because he's going to get a shit ton of money now. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out, um, I was watching real quick because you mentioned Trevor Bauer. He has his own YouTube yes, like production company or something. I forgot what it's called. I think it's just but, Trevor Bauer. I literally don't know. No, he, has, he has like a media company, actually. Um, it's it really good. They do like round table discussions. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think he's had uh, the Jared Carabas come on it before. Yeah, he had Jared Carabas come on. The one that I watched recently was the first episode of Bauer Bites. It was with Mike Clevenger and um, a couple of YouTubers. It was with John Boy and Fuzzy. So, like, it was really cool. Like, he's got a really nice dynamic of different, like, perspectives about the game, about, like, other aspects, about media. So, it's really cool. You know, they, they sit down, they eat dinner, stuff like that. It, it's dope. Shout yeah, out to Trevor Bauer really for cool, like yeah. keeping baseball like alive and actually yeah. caring about the sport. It's He's called, actually yeah, uh, Bauer Bites. I think you said it already. I said Bauer Bites, but the name of the the YouTube channel itself. It's I just Trevor Bauer, was. literally Bauer oh, outage. It, it was for something else than the like actual media production company has its own um, YouTube channel as well that I was watching it under. But anyway, getting back to it. Um, yeah, Trevor Bauer, insanely smart businessman. I feel like he definitely is like the voice of the voiceless for baseball. I feel like so you know, keep on grinding, watching those videos really gave me a momentum. different perspective, momentum. There you go. Yeah. A different perspective on like Trevor Bauer. Cause everyone thinks he's a nutcase, all that kind of stuff, but like, he's really a down to earth guy. And like, it was really cool to watch that, but um, yeah, shout out Trevor Bauer for winning the Cy Young well-deserved, but um, I think we should just start right in with our favorite topic talking about. We're going into the NFL recap, baby. 
Well, first, are we breaking? We're gonna re, are we gonna review our three, two, one picks of the week? Or are we just gonna we'll go? Recap? We'll go as as like the games pop up. We'll we'll talk okay. about it. So we're starting off with Thursday night, a game that I didn't really watch much, but um, a nice it little did. game. The Colts came back. Um, they ended up winning thirty four to seventeen on Thursday night football. Indianapolis is twenty eight and nine versus Tennessee in regular season games since nineteen ninety eight. I would have picked the Titans to win this game. By the way, I would have not expected the Colts to win. I think they're one of those fake cheat teams. I mean, fake good teams like the Bears. But mm-hmm. shout out the Colts. This is a big win for them. Yeah, the, um, the Colts go into a virtual tie with the Titans for first place in the AFC South. But the Titans have looked pretty bad three of the four, three of the last four weeks. That's true, they haven't looked good. They've looked less than mediocre honestly and shout out the Colts because you know what like the first couple weeks it looked very clunky under Philip Rivers and now I feel like the offense kind of gets how to play with him you know the fact that he's pretty much a mobile I'm not like roasting Philip Rivers like I usually do I'm just saying like the fact that he is a mobile and his arm isn't as strong as it used to be they're kind of understanding how to play with him they're using the run game and Naheem Hines has been a really really good weapon out of the backfield for them and it's all clicking the defense is one of the best units in football and they took it to the Titans who were up. I think they were up there. Was it 13? No, it was 10, nothing at one point. Yeah, um, the Colts do have a sick defense. That is true. Yeah. So they, you know, they really showed out um, on national TV nonetheless. So good for them. It's, it's getting a lot more interesting than we thought in the AFC South. I honestly thought that the Titans after their five and zero start, were going to run away with the division. Yes, sir. And um, I'll, I'll move on to now the Sunday games. It uh, will go from one o'clock to four to the one that's going on right now. The Buccaneers and Panthers. So this was one of your this is your three point play actually. The Buccaneers won forty six to twenty three. Ronald Jones had a ninety eight yard touchdown. I believe he fumbled early on in the game. I I believe he was also on my bench in fantasy, but oh. that's okay. That's <laughs> all right. I I still had a good day, but that was that kind of that hit me right in the heart when I first saw that. Yeah, I mean the Bucks really uh needed this win. I I think we said that last yeah. week on the podcast. I thought the Panthers was a good pick though at the time because it was a, it actually. Was it was close for a while because it was close for a while. Um, but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers got it done. They move on to seven. Brady. Listen, the Panthers, we say this every single week because we love Matt Rule here on, on TTL Sports Podcast. This one, I don't think we could really give him a pass for. They no, really didn't. They but really I, didn't look that I don't great. think this season matters for them, to be honest with it you. Doesn't. And the fact that they were competitive with one of the better teams in football shows how good yeah. of a coach he is. I don't care. I love him. Anything he does will will make him look good. Yeah. This is this is the typical thing that I've been talking about. Wow, I'm gonna go for a third straight week here saying shout out Chris McNeil. But when <laughs> going back to that episode with Chris McNeil, I was saying that we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of Tom Brady this year. You know, I feel like it's on a rotation, and we saw the bad and ugly combined. Um, what was it? The, when was the last time? Sunday night football last week. It was over five minutes into the first quarter. Yeah, and so. then this week he comes out and has four total touchdowns and 346 yards. So yeah. that's the great of Tom Brady. So I feel like it's just going to be a mixed bag from Brady as the season goes along. But they're obviously a playoff team. Their defense is top 10. You know what I'm saying? Their offense when everything's um, clicking. going, you know, when everything's clicking is really good. And the run game is a lot better than we thought with Ronald Jones and for, I mean, Fournette doesn't really do much in the and running Marshall game. He's Lynch more, he's, <laughs> he's more, of the, he's more of the pass catching back to be honest with you, because Ronald Jones warms up his gloves with butter before the game starts. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Ronald Jones has actually been 
borderline elite out of the backfield this year. I think he's like sixth or seventh in rushing and he's been on the bench half the time. So I think that's the credit though, how much weapons they have on offense now. And it takes a little bit of pressure off him. So like the focus obviously isn't on him. Everyone wants to see how Tom Brady's going to do with Mike Evans, Godwin, Mm -hmm. Gronkowski, um, Antonio Brown now who I don't, do you know how well he played today? I, I think know. he had five catches for 36 yards the last time I checked. So they're trying to get him. I, I don't expect big numbers from him right out the gate. There might be a couple of weeks later on in the season where we see him go for over 100 yards. But, you know, A.B. is not what he was, but he could still be elite. You I know? agree. So but, yeah. um, on, on the Buccaneers side, it was a great day. On the Panthers side, you know, this is what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get great performances where you just lose or you just squeak out a win, and then you're going to get blown out in some games. So, like you said, the season doesn't really matter for them, and they're only taking positives from each game. So, you know, good for them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and we'll move on to the next one. Speaking of Chris McNeil, Browns-Texans, one of the ugliest games this week. Um, so I, I didn't take this in the three, two, one play, but I did have money on this game in general, poor man. I actually took the Browns minus four and the, there was an alert by bleach report that said bad bet minus four because the score should have been 17 to seven, but, um, I was going to say Bradley Chubb, Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb, Nick Chubb had a chance to score at the end. He actually made a really smart play. That was uh, a very smart play. It actually was game, a yeah. really smart play to be fair, but it's for content purposes. It's actually hysterical that for fantasy owners of. Nick Chubb and for people who bet on the Browns they are absolutely livid listen my only reaction to this game by the way that was Cleveland's first win versus Houston since 2007 okay but my only reaction to this game is I don't think it should have been this close at all um I don't think the Texans are that bad I just think I don't think the Browns are that good either though well I mean I'm giving a pass for both teams I'm literally I really have nothing to say about this because it was this game was destroyed by the weather before the game even started. It wind, started yes. late. The wind was like 40 plus miles per hour. You know what I'm saying? You can't throw the football in 40 plus mile an hour winds. Oh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So like um, it really just came down to who has the better ground game. And the Browns have, in my opinion, the best rushing attack in football. Yeah, Kareem Hunt looked with, good today. Yeah, with way. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb back and healthy. Um, so, you know, obviously they were going to pull it out. It wasn't, it wasn't the fabulous looking victory, but at the end of the day, they're six and three and they're right in the thick of the playoffs. And for, you know, the Texans, just a bad season gets worse. In my opinion, Deshaun Watson's definitely not the problem, but Bill O'Brien was the problem. He gave up, he mortgaged their future, giving up all those, uh, all those players and those picks, you know, we'll get into what Deandre Hopkins can do in a little while. Um, but you know, it's going to be a long road for Houston to come back. I'm just going to say that. I agree. Um, next game. So this is actually a good game, surprisingly. I didn't expect it to be like this going into it. Uh, Detroit and Washington football team, 30-27. Matt Prater hit a game-winning 59-yard field goal as time beast. expired. Beast. I love the dude because of Matt how beast. he got so excited um, when he hit it, and he just banged an absolute banger from 59 yards. Yeah, dude, he's an absolute tank. He's He holds the, he has the record, the record for the longest field goal. 64? Five? Yes, sir. Excellent okay. job. So, Excellent job there. Shout Excellent out, Matt Prater. I actually think the Lions are not that bad, Peter. They're okay. Um, the Lions would be a better team under any other coach besides for Adam Gase than Matt Patricia. I feel like um, – I just feel like – I feel like Matt Patricia's tenure in Detroit is very comical because he has some massive victories, and then he has, like, the worst of the worst losses. So, 
Um, Matt Stafford just keeps getting like underappreciated the fact that he's been a top 12 quarterback his, his entire career and just no one will be w- willing to admit that. But that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm willing to admit that. And also on the Washington football team side, let's give it up for Alex Smith throwing for 390 yards in his first start in 768 days after yeah, 30 million surgeries on his leg. Great, great add on um he actually looked pretty good. He looked really he good. He came out today. the gun slinging off rip. I saw him throw a dart right at the middle. First play of the game. I had I, red zone on. <laughs> I mean, listen, but not for nothing. This is going to sound so mean and morbid, but like when you have that many surgeries and your leg is hanging on by a thread for the most part, I'm going to come out ripping it too. He threw the ball 55 times today. If I was him, I'd throw the ball 70 times every game. I'm you don't know when that last throw is going to be your last one. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm surprised that they, it took him this long, though, to start him because he's probably the best talent. That, no offense to them. Yeah, but, no, he is. You're right. So I'm surprised about that but it was um, a real, that was probably the game of the week honestly in my yeah, opinion it was, it well was uh, well they well, came back too well, right washington well, i'm gonna eat those words in a little while but yeah washington came back from a 24 to 3 deficit yes sir so interesting uh game that we didn't expect to be that good well i didn't at least the I neither did i the packers and jaguars will move on so this was my first play that we'll go over that. Uh, it was my one-point play, so I was the most confident in this one, man. It actually was the worst one. Well, technically, they did win. Yeah, Packers <laughs> win 24-20. They move on to 7-2. The Jaguars still only have one win. And Green Bay is 7-2 for the second straight season, which is kind of good. That's crazy. I remember all the rumblings of them saying, I don't know how him and LaFleur are going to be. Obviously, it hasn't made a difference. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is still slinging. He's actually my MVP this year. I, I think uh, Peter said the same thing. So, which we'll get into later about MVP talk. Trust me, Peter's got a lot to say about that. Uh, the other man in Seattle, but I'm surprised this game was this close. Like, I don't really, it was um, too close for comfort. That dude yeah. in Jacksonville is not a bad quarterback. Jake Luton. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're doing. That's literally what their season and you know what the best part about this is coming as a Jet fan. I love how we always bring it back to the Jets, mm-hmm. like shout out Jets, but you'll understand what I'm saying. As a Jet fan, it makes me happy that they're just literally sending anyone out there to play quarterback right now to see what they have, because you'll run into it's 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 inevitable. You're going to run into a win. And that's the same way I feel like the Jets are going to wind up being the awful franchise that they are. They're going to wind up one uh, running into a win this year. But I just hope Jacksonville can run into that second win before the Jets run into their first. I think the same thing. Because I think it's one and done for the Jets if they even win one one game. That's it. Like, that's all they'll win. But I do think Jacksonville could squeak out one, maybe two more wins. They do have a really hard schedule coming up. But, um, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the the, the on, on Green Bay's side, this is extremely alarming. I was going to say, this is – Because, yeah. like – I mean, yes, the defense only gave up 20 points, but you can see how bad that defense is. And granted, Kevin King and Jair Alexander, who's arguably like the top corner in today's NFL, were not playing. So that also could have been um, that could have contributed to the game being so close. Also, a special teams breakdown with I think it was um, Keelan Cole with a 91 yard punt return touchdown. So, you know. Like it didn't look good. It was ugly. Yeah. The guys were not focused on offense. It didn't really look that great either. Aaron, they just continue to not like to feed Aaron Jones the football, and I don't understand it. Um, it's working though, in a weird way. When well, whenever they do feed him the ball, he goes for like over one fifty. So I don't understand. Maybe it's just because I'm a salty fantasy owner, but um, I, I think they have a lot to figure out there. Seven and two really looks like five and four to me right now with with Green Bay. 
they have a, a few fluky wins in there. So funny because before we move on, that's actually what they said last year, dude. Remember when they well they were winning, but they were ugly ass wins. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Me. I do think Green Bay though has surprised me a lot this year, considering. I mean, I thought I knew they were good, but I didn't know. In terms of seven and two, that's good. This is concerning. I think come playoff time though they'll figure it all out. That's just my prediction. And the Jaguars better hope really, because there's no tomorrow in playoffs. But the fact they only won by four is ridiculous. So yeah. Next game, I just realized that the next these three in a row were actually all my three two one plays from week ten. But this one I hit on for so I'm we'll get into the records after this. But this is the only game I've hit on in the last two weeks <laughs> in terms of the show. But uh, the Giants winning, they move on to three and seven. The Eagles are now three and five, so they are both tied for the NFC East. So the Giants have a shot at winning the NFCs at three and seven right now in week 10. This is the first win that the Giants have gotten against the Eagles since 2016, which is actually fascinating. You know, I have an interesting take on this and Daniel, I won. And, and one more thing too. I don't, this is probably the first time Daniel Jones hasn't turned over the football since he was born, by the way. No, a couple, a couple weeks ago, he didn't turn over the football against Washington. To be fair, he, he's uh, done it twice, but, <laughs> um, but Actually, I think he's only done it against Washington. Actually, this was the only game that it wasn't against Washington where he hasn't turned the ball over. Yeah, you are I think right. That's Thank a fair, you, yeah. Peter. Um, you're welcome, Matthew. Um, but I have an interesting take on this, and I don't know. You Giant fans could agree with me, disagree with me. Let me know. Um, if I'm the Giants after that win, I am full fledged shooting for the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Full like a hundred percent because you know why? Like, look at all the young players they have on that team. They have, I think that Joe Judge is a brilliant head coach. Three, you know what? The three and seven record is ugly, but they've been in every single game. Yep, that's except true. for the except for the 49ers game. And let me he add something these, for okay. you because you said this months ago. Um, sorry to cut you up, but I needed to let these people know how smart you are. When the Giants made that hire, I think we were this is early on in the podcast, and I do remember this. You were very high on it because you're a big this is before Joe Judge, though. You, you, we were telling me when the Jets were looking for head coaches two years ago that you were big on um, special teams coordinators um, being the head coach. So you've been high on Joe Judge for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But thank you for that uh, that bite there. That was that was really nice of you to say. You didn't yeah. have to say that. Thank you. But um, <laughs> but getting back to it, I think that uh, Judge is a phenomenal head coach. Three and seven, like I said, you know they're in every game pretty much except for the 49ers game. But um, they have so many young players and an inexperienced head coach, their playoff experience is invaluable. I don't care if you win 41-0 or you get blown out 41-0. For young players, playoff experience is worth its weight in gold for anyone. And I think that it's silly that if, as foolish as it sounds at 3-7, and that you're in a division race, why not embrace it and just go for it? Yeah, the Giants are playing good football right now. As much as Giant fans don't like Daniel Jones and think that their team sucks, they really aren't that bad. As much like, like they really, really aren't. And it kind of bothers me that people think that they're as bad. But there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to win this division and host a playoff game. And you know what? You lose in the first round, but you get that all important experience. So I'm all in. Last time that they. For the Eagles side, this is this is disgraceful. This is the end of the line for the Eagles this year. Like, there's, I don't think that there's any way that they come back and win this division. I honestly think you're going to think I'm crazy. The two teams that have the best chance of winning this division are the Washington Football Team and and the New York Giants. Yeah, it's actually crazy how horrible this division is. That all four teams have like less than three wins and could still win this division. So, mm-hmm. 
Shout out the NFC East and uh, moving on. NFC to the- least. Yeah, sir. This is my last. Um, I'll tell you right now what play it was for me. It was my three-point play. Um, I was really off with this one. <laughs> Steelers, <laughs> Steelers, Bengals, Steelers went 36 to 10. I had the plus seven Bengals. You needed like plus seven day to win that one. Yeah, I think it finished at six and a half. Regardless, 16 points short was I. And um, wait, I did that math wrong. 26 points short was I. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have now won 10 straight games versus the Bengals. But forget oh that. They're the only undefeated team in football. Chase Claypool had a nice snag. Um, they look really good. The only reason – I don't think Ben's that good at all. The only thing that I want to – and Joe Burrow's still a god on the show. Joe Burrow, if you're listening, we love you. But the only thing I, I want to say – Yes, Peter's really <laughs> your number one fan. But I think the Steelers' defense is really what entices me with this team. I don't think Ben's really doing that much. I think the defense is so mm-hmm. good. I'd have to respectfully disagree with you only on the Ben grounds that Ben has actually performed really well. I'll pull up his stats right now. Yeah, go ahead. I know that they're pretty good. No, I'm, I'm not like trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know, but like I know that his stats are actually pretty good. Is he the sole purpose why they're 9-0? Absolutely not. Like I agree with you on that, that the defense is probably taking more than half of the credit for the fact that they are 9-0. But I think Ben – like you see, this was the same defense essentially – of last year and they went eight and eight and they had terrible quarterback play. So now Ben is back. It doesn't even matter that he's 38 years old. And now look at them. They're nine and oh. And um, well, I mean, from the Bengals side, it's the same point that I'm going to make for the Carolina Panthers. This is, I'm still smiling. I don't care if I lost this game 72 to nothing, I'd still be smiling because Joe Burrow is my quarterback for the next, next 10 plus years, as long yeah. as you keep getting better every year. So you know what I'm saying? Like you just take, you take it with a grain of salt. You knew that you weren't going to be competitive this year and any game that you are competitive in, it's a plus because your defense is as leaky as a faucet and Joe Burrow is just that much of a God. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, I agree. I don't have much more to say. I I should have worded it and said probably the defense is more responsible. I'm just, I, I think when it comes to playoff time, I think we'll see some flaws in Ben Roethlisberger. It's just a take that I have. I'm just going to put, okay. His stats are actually really, really good, Matt. He's got a 103.0 quarterback rating. He's thrown for 2,267 yards, 22 touchdowns, and four picks. Yeah, great stats. My take on it is, and I'm going to stick with my take, I think come playoff time we'll see some flaws in Big Ben. I think he'll start throwing some picks, making some dumb mistakes. I think the defense should be held. Like you said, I probably should have worded it better. I think the defense is more responsible for the wins. I do think they will lose in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I think Chiefs beat them. I'll move on to the next one. This one I would love to hear your take on. Uh, Cardinals 32-30. Shout oh out everyone God. who bet the Bills. I think Dave Portnoy threw 50 grand on the Bills. Uh, Sorry, he could wipe his ass with 50 grand and not even blink an eye, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Um, I was going to say Latavius Murray. I don't know why. <laughs> K1, not K2. Kyler Murray has um, five straight rushing touchdowns. The first quarterback to do that since the merger. Okay, they are six and three. Um, Very good game. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins with that Megatron like catch. I have two takes on both of these quarterbacks that I'll get to in a minute that a lot of people probably won't like. But from a game standpoint, because we're here really to talk about mostly the game, the game is incredible from beginning to end. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The game really opened up in the second half. Um, I watched the entire game and I thought it was awesome mm-hmm. i love watching young quarterbacks duke it out um 
Kyler Murray right now, if I had to start a franchise with any quarterback that was under the age of 25, mm. Kyler Murray is my choice, hands so down. You said that. I do have a problem with his throwing ability, though, and everyone's going to think I'm crazy after seeing that Hail Mary, but this is another game where he was severely inaccurate. And, every, and the game that I go back to the most is the Monday night football game against the Cowboys, where, yes, they did blow the Cowboys out, but he only had eight completions on 25 attempts. That's terrible. Yeah, and he started, I remember that game. He started off really poorly throwing the football. He's very inaccurate with the football. And obviously right now, like, you know, you're just – I'm. I, I guess everyone's going to think I'm nitpicking because they are winning football games and they do look really good. But – you know, he has a lot of good weapons around him, which makes it, which makes it, you know, a lot better masks, a lot more of the, uh, I mean, Deandre Hopkins catching a lot of those, those like jump balls really masks a lot of your errors. So um, I think Murray needs to get better in his, in his accuracy, but every other part of his game is just tremendous. And I think that Josh Allen sucks. Yeah. We've been saying, I'm just going to say like, like, yeah, great throw to Stefan Diggs in the end zone. But the guy just makes way too many mistakes. Like, this is coming from a guy that watches Sam Darnold every week. Josh Allen makes a lot of mistakes that go unpunished as well. I think he has, like, the third or fourth most dropped interceptions in the NFL. Like, Yeah, I'm so 50-50 with Josh Allen. Like, I, I – because I, he makes those plays, like, to Diggs. And then – Like you said, I think you characterize – and you know what? Shout out you because I think you said it in the first episode that we ever had – that you said that Josh Allen reminds you of Brett Favre. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, he's a poor man's Brett Favre, but, like, I think that's so, like, accurate. He's just going to drop back. He's going to sling it because he could throw the ball 120 yeah, miles per hour. You know what I'm saying? He could throw the ball 70,000 yards downfield, but he's going to throw a lot of picks. He's going to make a lot of stupid mistakes. But he's also going to make those insane plays and pull them out of his ass, yeah. too. But what I'm saying from a quarterback, yeah, like, from a quarterback standpoint, you know, He's never going to be really that accurate. He's going to make a lot of stupid throws like today. He two costly interceptions that honestly, if he doesn't make, even if he even if he threw one pick, you know what I'm saying? They probably still win that game. But he throws two costly interceptions in the second half, and uh, I I don't know. Like I like I said, I'm just grasping at straws, but it's just cause for concern maybe yeah. in other seasons. But both of these guys played a hell of a game overall. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. What else can you say? other than that was probably the play of the year up until this point. That catch was probably the greatest. And I, I paused for a reason like that. <laughs> that catch was – it's funny because you texted me. You're like, holy shit. And, you know, you only get those texts about DeAndre Hopkins every now and then. Not that he's yeah. not good, but, like, the way you had put it all in caps, I knew. So then I went down. saw the replay went downstairs and was like, wow, that is a work of art. Set out Calvin Johnson. That's what that looked like. One thing about Kyler before we move on. Not that what's his name is. I just got a text from uh, someone in my house. We have a basketball hoop in the backyard that's <laughs> hanging by a string right now because there's a tornado while we're recording this podcast. <laughs> See, but, that's how dedicated we are to you that we're getting we're getting you this content right now while it's pouring and tornadoes and F fives outside right now. Yeah, literally a huge tornado. But um, he's so such a dual threat quarterback. I love it. Like this dude will turn one yard into eleven, and it's. Uh, ugh. I just love Kyler Murray when he runs. When he yeah. throws, I agree. It's similar to Lamar Jackson. I do trust him throwing the football more than Lamar yeah, Jackson. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, but definitely. I do think there are some flaws. Uh, the next game, I was going to say Oakland, Las Vegas, and Denver. Um, I had the Broncos. I mean the Raiders and 
real time in a parlay, but the Seahawks fucked me, so it didn't really matter, which we'll get on next. I can't wait till Peter gets into that. Ah, Raiders 37-12. This isn't a surprise to anyone. There's not much to say about this. Yeah, Vegas won five straight home games versus Denver. They move on to six and three. Shout out John Gruden. Shout out Derek Carr because he's been saying, Peter's been saying Derek Carr's good for the last 10 years. Um, Whatever, but. (laughs) But Derek Carr actually had very really had nothing to do with this game. I think he was like 12 of 22 for like 150 yards. The running game took over. The defense took over. Um, Drew Locke, who one week looks like a franchise game changer. The other week, he looks like a scrub that should be sitting on the bench. He threw for three picks. Um, Josh Jacobs ran all over the defense. Devontae Booker ran all over the defense. Like that's how you should know how bad the Denver Broncos are playing this year. But see, this is what I like to see from the Raiders. They're taking advantage of bad teams. And that's a mark of a good football team where you're in the games with the, with the big guns and you dismantle the bad teams. I love that analysis. I love it. I love it. That is a fact. The Raiders are a good football team. Let's not forget about them. And shout out Josh Jacobs. First week on my fantasy team going absolute ape shit. 29.6 points. Let's go. Um, Next game. I'll let you take the mantle. I'll just give the scores. 23-16. Seattle, Los Angeles Rams. The Rams and the Seahawks are now both 6-3. and three. The only thing I will say is that the Rams have beaten the Seahawks five of the last six times. And another thing that I'll add, and then I'll let you take the floor, is that Fuck you, Jamal Adams. I hope you hear this podcast. Since you've been back, the Seahawks are now, uh, I'm pretty sure you've played four games this year. They're one and three when you've been on the field. Just so you know, the Seahawks have lost three games. So every game they've won, you have only been there for one of them. I hope you are looking at it because you haven't won more. You've won one more game than the Jets have this year, if you think about it. I'll let you take the floor. Fuck you, Jamal Adams. Um, um, Well, I I could not say that part better myself, but... (laughs) Um, talking about, I want to get into talking about Russell. It's not even the talking point. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, uh, (laughs) you came out of nowhere with that, (laughs) but, but, um, I feel bad for Russell Wilson. I'm not even going to get like, screw the betting part for a second. Like, yeah, like I'm pissed because I lost like a lot of money and Ethan should be pissed because he lost out on a lot of money too. But if we're getting into it from just a football standpoint, um, Russell Wilson's doing too much. It's very clear that he saw in a couple of those wins that they had earlier in the season that he was like, my God, my defense is terrible. So I need to score a touchdown on every single drive and he's making mistakes. This is not the Russell Wilson that we saw when three weeks ago, when we heard let Russ cook. Yeah. We don't want him cooking no more. We don't want him cooking no more. Let Russ cook. That's we, we haven't heard that in the last three weeks because he's been borderline average because he's trying to do too much he went from having i think he had like 18 touchdowns to one interception now he has 10 interceptions on the season i'm pretty sure um i think he threw three picks three weeks ago three picks last week and then he threw three pick of uh, two picks today so if my math is i'm stupid that is not 10 picks that's nine so okay almost 10 i was close but um yeah, like he's just doing way too much and he's not utilizing his legs as much as he used to. Like he's just, he's dropping back and getting sacked. Like this team has done nothing for him. Honestly, I, I think very highly of John Richardson and Pete Carroll and the entire Seahawks front office. I think that they are a really well-run organization, but in terms of his entire career as a whole, I think they've done a terrible job prote- protecting Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're right. Dude, last year they had this, 
Um, I hate bringing up the Jets. The Jets were the most pressured team in football, and guess who was behind them? The Seattle Seahawks, and mm-hmm. they they were in the NFC Wild Card last year. So like that should say something about how good Russell Wilson is. I do want to say one more thing. You are a thousand percent right. You could tell he doesn't utilize his um his, him on the run anymore. He doesn't run as much as he used to, mm-hmm. and like sometimes you could see that he could. He could, I don't know. I, I think he's realized how good he is at throwing the football that he doesn't have to resort to running anymore, like early on in his career. But mm-hmm. he needs to start running the ball more because he's quick. People forget that he can yeah. run. They've they've also abandoned the R, like the RPO, like the run pass option, yeah. and that's what made him so. I don't know if you remember. It was I don't. I think it was maybe five or six years ago that he he had like eight hundred and fifty rushing yards like in a season, like that was a lot, like he had a lot. Yeah. And it was because they were using the RPO a lot, but they kind of abandoned that. And you know, like you guys have no run game right now though, to be fair. That is true. And um, also I kind of want to transition towards the Rams. Like how about the Rams? Like, and at the same time, like, yeah, how about the Rams? Because, like, the Rams have lost some pretty crappy games it this year. a huge win for them. And they have won some massive games. So they put themselves right back into the thick of things in the wild card, even the division. Yeah. I think all three of them are tied at, like, six and three. One thing about Seattle, top. I hate to go off the Rams for a second, but they've lost the last two games, and those two games for the teams that won them were huge because beating Seattle's huge. The Bills beating them was huge. Now the Rams beating them is huge. And the Cardinals so, beat them three weeks and ago. the Cardinals, yeah. So every game they've lost has been big wins for the other team. Like If yeah. they would have stole those. Yes, they're six and three. Yes, they've had an overall good year, but they've lost some big games. Yeah. Sean McVay with the perfect plan today you know jared goff just drop back and make the throws that you have to don't do, don't do anything special Shout we're out him honestly back. people were on him all, yeah. all off season for that contract and yeah. everything we're gonna rely on you know the um the legs malcolm brown ran well uh darnell henderson ran well cam agers is finally coming out of his rookie shell and getting involved in the offensive scheme so you know the rams are in a good spot they're always gonna have a middle of the pack to top 10 defense so you don't have to really worry about that side of the ball. They looked really well today as a, as they looked really good today as a whole of a football team. Yes, sir. Um, that, that we have two more games that actually end up both being two out of your three picks for this week. I'll start with the one first, the San Francisco 49ers and the Saints. Saints win 27-13. I believe Drew Brees was pulled early. They move yeah. on to seven and two. Niners are four and six, and San Francisco's lost three straight games for the first time since 2018. So obviously that's not good for a team that was just in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not really. Um, I'm not you, oh, I, oh, I don't you think had I uh, you had the Saints at minus nine yeah. and a half, which hit. my uh, my record through two weeks and point total. Matt is. I'm not trying to roast you at all. I'm just giving them a. Uh, you know, uh, well, it is, it, it, it's nice, but um, Matthew is one and five with two points, and I'm four and two with six points. Um, I won this one, like not really by that much because I took the Saints minus nine and a half. So like I was kind of worried there for a little while, but um, I don't know, dude, like the, this, the 49ers are just like the most unfortunate team in the NFL this year, just decimated from beginning to end with injuries. Like you can't expect much from like guys who were begging groceries at shop right two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like you can't really expect much from that. And also, I don't know the Saints, like, I don't know. The same thing. This was like an average performance. Like, yeah, Drew Brees wasn't in there, but even with Drew Brees in there, he wasn't really playing that well. Michael Thomas, I was just it, say. it just cannot get it going. I feel like Mike, Michael I moved them. Like Michael Thomas, like don't I don't even want to hear people be like, oh, Jameis Winston was in this quarterback. Like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. If you're the best receiver in football, you get open for any quarterback that's there. Having a shitty year. 
I really don't think that Michael Thomas wants to be in New Orleans anymore. Is that am I just getting the vibes, or, no, or are other people getting the vibes? The fact there? that they were trying to move him a couple of weeks ago just shows me that, and it's just an energy thing with him. Probably they're winning. He doesn't feel like they're winning. It's like not an eye. It's not a team thing, you know. I get that vibe with him too. Wouldn't yeah. not be surprised that they moved him. Still a great receiver, but not here. I think it's yeah. gotta end it soon. This isn't the um this isn't the matchup that we were hoping for, but you know, yeah, in terms of like both teams being fully healthy, like this would have been a much better game. But um, you know, New Orleans did the job. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. So that's pretty much it. Uh, shout out your one point play there. That's one of so you're now one for one, but we'll move on to the one that made you two. No, for... I'm one one for two because I lost Carolina, remember? No, no, no. I'm saying oh. one and one, one win, one loss, and then one now you're gonna win the Miami game that we're gonna move on to, which made you two and one on the week. Um sorry, we can't do math here. We didn't graduate. Yeah, we're, we're clearly <laughs> just challenged when it comes to yeah, math. That was not good. Um Miami, though, you did pick this correctly, your two point play, which made you two and one. They win twenty nine to twenty one against the Chargers. Not an easy pick, Peter. This was minus two and a half, but I would the Chargers are, we know, good football team, even though they're two and seven. Trust me, next week against the Jets, we'll see. But <laughs> um, the Dolphins win. Uh, I mean, move on to six and three. They've won five straight games for the first time since 2016, which honestly, I'm surprised about. I thought it's been a lot longer than that. But Chargers move on two and seven. The Dolphins are really good. The Dolphins are really good. Yeah. They they are they're they're definitely the most surprise. I wouldn't say that they're the most surprising in terms of like performance. I think they're most surprising in terms of record because the fact that they're like in the thick of the playoff race where we really didn't think they would be. That's a, they're they're like right in the thick of it and they're tied. Yeah, like you said, they're tied for the AFC East right now, first place. One game out, one game out. Up, is it one game? Oh, the uh, Bills are seven. seven. The Bills have seven wins. Right, yeah. right. Were they seven and three? The Bills. Yes. Okay, I thought they were both. I thought the Bills had a bye week, but um idiot i am but um <laughs> um from the chargers standpoint i have you have nothing to worry about i know like it sucks because every year the chargers have one of the best teams on paper if you look at their roster and then like week one comes and then like half the team bus like explodes and like everyone has an injury like you know what i mean like i just feel like that happens literally every week uh, every year but um you know once they rest up they get fully healthy J- Justin Herbert is the real deal there's no doubt about that yeah. Justin Herbert is the real deal he is a baller he's got swagger he's got drip all over that field um he's probably one of the more accurate deep ball passers in the NFL already and he's what nine starts into his career yeah, eight starts into his career uh, so know. so I think you have nothing to be worried about once that team is fully healthy. I think they will be a contender. It's just a matter of if they can stay healthy. But this year is a wash. But you have nothing to worry about. I would be excited if I was a Los Angeles Chargers fan. I'm extremely excited for Miami Dolphins fans, too. It's weird because I – say about Tua before we move on. Uh, you know what? I did not like the move from Fitzpatrick to Tua because, honestly, I'll still stand by that. It made no sense at the time. I still don't think it made a lot of sense. It didn't make a lot of sense, but they – you could see it. They're not asking Tua to do too much. Like, yes, Tua has good numbers, but like Tua's making a lot of like two, three yard, you know, passes. He's three step drops, which we rarely see in the NFL anymore, especially from a left handed quarterback. Uh, he's making a lot of short throws. I don't think I've seen him throw maybe one or two deep balls. No, you nailed this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not asking him to do too much. So his stats might be a little pampered because of the throws that they're asking him to make. But honestly, if that's the way that you can win games right now, and then next year when Tua is fully healthy and he's got a whole year on that hip that was replaced or fixed or whatever he had surgery on, and you let him let loose, all power to you, Godspeed. Yeah, no, you actually nailed it perfectly. And, and before we move on, I just wanted to add that I think the way that they're using Tua is great, actually. 
Um, they're not asking too much of him, kind of Tom Bradying him and <laughs> little dump offs and don't do too much. Let the team do stuff for you. And yeah. it's a great way to ease someone into their career. They let, they sat him. I think they're doing a great job with him. I think it was genius. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, that ends up week 10 for us. It, is what about weird. uh what's the can you get just give us a quick update on yes, what the scores for the that's what i was gonna do game? um sorry i'm just pulling up our uh topic list real you should quick be, you should be sorry i do apologize um so right now the patriots are up 13 10 and it is a uh, oh, ball. i'm actually loving that isn't it weird i never thought just a quick side note i never thought that i would physically be rooting for every other team in the afc east except for the jets yes uh, i'm Today, so happy Today I was rooting for the Bills, like like full on rooting for the Bills. Like I love seeing Miami win, as weird as that sounds. And I don't even mind seeing the Patriots. As long as Tom Brady's not in the Patriots anymore, I kind of like Bill Belichick. I'm not gonna lie. Like you just got to respect the man's game that he is the Sith Lord of the NFL. You know, I like I I do love I I honestly I would rather watch every other team in the AFC East other than the Jets. Right now, yeah. I mean, I still love watching them lose. It's my team, but it is true. I, I do, and it is kind of comedy. Rex Burkhead has two career high receiving touchdowns and it's only in the second quarter. Uh, the Ravens have the ball, so they might score. It's 13, 10 Patriots still. And um, I'm surprised. I would have assumed. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised. I think Rex Burkhead has like all the offensive touchdowns for the, for the, the Patriots such this a year. Random players. I mean, he's so good. I don't, I don't know. He was, he was on the freaking special teams for the Cincinnati Bengals for like seven years. I know, Bill but... Belichick picks him up for a soda can to be named later. And, you know, he's so good. He turned uh, into this. Before we move on, uh, the four teams on a bye this week were Atlanta, Dallas, Kansas City, and obviously our New York Jets. The Jets play the Chargers next week at Los Angeles. The Chiefs are playing Vegas, which I think is a really good game. You missed one. The, you missed a game. The Cowboys. This week. No, no, no. You missed a game this week. No, no, the no, Jets fell to the bye week 44 to nothing oh. <laughs> today. <laughs> yes. And, um, Obviously, Sam Darnold throwing for seven picks on the day. I forgot to mention negative three yards. Makai Becton pancaking absolutely everyone, but not enough to get done. They lose 44 nothing on the bye. The Dallas Cowboys played the Vikings next week um, in Dallas, and then the Falcons are going to New Orleans. Or no, they're in Atlanta playing them. So good games next week, which we'll get into now, um, as my lovely co-host loves to do. Have We have these beautiful breaks now, so we're going to take a – Short little break, and we're going to get into our week 11 predictions, our 3 2 1 week 11 predictions. So we will see you soon.
three, our three-point play. And mine, this is going to be weird because we do the podcast on Sunday night, and it's going to be a Monday night game at 8.15. Rams, Bucks. I am taking the Los Angeles Rams outright or at plus three and a half. I really like the Rams to beat the Buccaneers and upset them at home in Tampa. And I don't really like the Rams. I never really take the Rams. I stay away from them a lot. I don't think they're, they're – again, I have them in the same category as Chicago and Indianapolis as a team that's good but not good. But they are rolling, and I don't bet against teams that are hot right now. And I think they get wins against the teams that they need to beat. The Bucks do not get wins against teams that they need to beat. I would take the Los Angeles Rams in the upset. That is my three-point play this week. And I need no. it because I'm 1-6 this year. Peter is 4-2. 1-5. Um, just for – um, context, I was actually going to pick this, but then he got to it first. So obviously I'm going to give it to him with the one point play. Obviously, like I wasn't, we both got to hammer. We, we, yeah, we, we both had to hammer the charges on that one, but yes, that is a great pick. Um, I like that one a lot. Now, initially when I saw this, I saw the schedule first game I went to for my three point play was the Raiders over the chiefs again, but I'm not doubling down on it. They already beat them once. I know an Andy Reed coach team and they're going to, the Chiefs are going to win like 500 to three. That's, That's your three just point? Kind of, no, no. Oh, I'm just giving my, I'm giving my An um, inside reasoning opinion. is to why I didn't pick this because as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, Raiders over the Chiefs again. But I'm not going with that because I know the injury will be extremely prepared. I am going back to one o'clock here. Oof. You ready? The Atlanta Falcons are no. going to beat the New Orleans Saints this upcoming no, week i can't stand by with that one in new orleans tell you why and yes in new orleans doesn't even matter no that fans. should you know what fuck this if you hit we're giving you six points bro <laughs> so <laughs> is this my six point play yes <laughs> okay so my six point play is the falcons over the saints and i will tell you why they're all fresh they're coming off of bye weeks um the atlanta falcons are they are playing inspired football under raheem morris who looks to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons in 2021 as well. So you already know that they're going to want to play for him. Um, the Saints just aren't doing it for me the last few weeks. I, I know, like, expect, except for the Sunday night football game last week, they really haven't looked that incredible to me. Yeah, that's true. I'm not really, like, I'm not really digging the Saints vibe this year as I usually do. So I usually never second-guess a Drew Brees-led team. But who knows? Maybe Drew Brees won't even be playing in this game. So... Uh, I'm going to hammer the Falcons for my three-point play. Six, point play. six points. Yeah, Jesus. What a risky pick there. But those are our three, two, one picks of the week. Uh, to recap, we both have the Jets at one point. I have the Bengals at my two point, And I have oh, the Bengals over the Washington football team. And then I have the Rams over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as my three-point play. Peter, again, has the Jets at one, at two. I can't find your two right here. Titans. Titans over the Baltimore Ravens. And then we got the Atlanta Falcons. But first of all, I'm – if the Atlanta Falcons at your six-point play against the Saints in New Orleans, I think all three of your plays, except for the chart, all, all right, two of your plays are away. So, I mean, I took away teams too, but I took all three. Yeah, we, we're risking a lot this week. We yeah, both we have are. two of our picks well, away. You know what? You know what? I got a little bit of a lead. Yeah, I'm gonna be a little cocky with my lead here. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the riskier pick. If yeah, it that's means why we're giving six, six points. points. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's well deserved. So let's see if those pan out again. Uh, if you want to win money, don't take our picks. But if you want to lose money, you should take our picks. Take our picks. Hammer our picks. <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, I we do go into this thinking that they will hit. And Peter's right. Uh, what's four divided by six? Quick math. What? What's four divided by six? One and a half. 
No, like there's a percentage on that. That's how many times we're divided right. by six. Oh, I'm stupid. They said six divided by. Oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, wow, to... this is really bad. I don't know, dude. You hit me with a, a four divided by six. All right, hold on. I haven't I'll done do math right in like six years. All right, all right, hold up, hold up, hold up. Because this is how many times you're right. You're sixty-six percent have... right uh, on the year. I, on the other hand, why didn't uh, you just say what's four out of six? I'm twenty percent right on the year. So if you want to win money, listen to Peter. If you want to win money, you made me me. seem you made me sound like an asshole on this right now. It's all right. I mean, (laughs) I I worded that horribly. I am also at fault. Let's move on. Forget football. That's it. We're done. Done We can't do math. We shouldn't talk football. But yeah, those are three, two, one picks. So take them if you want to win some money. Um. So moving on to UFC, Peter has uh just a quick little one. Rafael Dos Anjos won against Paul Felder, which probably broke your little heart yesterday. It didn't break my heart, but you know what? Paul out, Felder walked in there with one. a bunch of with big nuts because he took this fight with five days to spare and he cut 14 pounds in five days. Yeah, that is nuts. Shout out Brendan Fitzgerald, who seemed like he wanted his friend to win when he commentated. Yeah, he was night. he was a little uh biased. I think he was a little biased there. We but do that's love all him right. now. Brendan, hopefully we hear have you on soon, but um, he called that Conor McGregor post fight, and then I think McGregor being McGregor literally uh, said, I'm down for it. Yeah, because they were supposed to fight at UFC 196. Again, I don't know why, and all this shit in MMA. Um, that was when Nate Diaz eventually stepped in. So Conor had just beaten Aldo mm-hmm. for the title, and then because he wiped out the featherweight division, he beat Chad Mendez, he beat pretty much everyone. It's not saying much. So then he went, <laughs> he went up a division. He was going to go fight Rafael because Rafael Dos Anjos was the lightweight champion at the time, but then he ended up breaking his foot, and then Nate Diaz ended up stepping in, beating Conor McGregor. Conor then eventually lost to Nate and then fought Eddie for the title because he lost to Rafael. So they were – Rafael and Conor were supposed to fight. Um, obviously, it never happened. So, honestly, keep it short and sweet. I have no desire to see this fight. I would no, like to neither see- do I. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Conor and Poirier in January, which I think got official. And then I want to see Connor fight for the title if he wins or Poirier fight for the title. Rafael Dos Anjos is not, I think he just passed his prime. He beat Felder. He looked good, but I don't think he's top 10. Um, Listen, all I'm going to say, I'm going to defend my boy here. All I'm going to say is if you give Felder three weeks to get ready for that fight, he beats Dos Anjos. Yeah, I agree. He looked good in the first round. I watched a little bit of it. So Yeah, I watched like very, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I didn't really even know what time it was on because I'm always thinking that these events are on, like, like ass late. And then I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, well, there's the entire, like, yeah. card results. No, no, and I'm I like, oh, crap. Because sometimes like, they put on the cards earlier than the others, but, but it's yeah, weird. Um, I feel the same way. I love you, Paul. Um, if you're, by chance, the very slim chance, probably I have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than you hearing this. Um, <laughs> I did send you a DM asking to interview you it would be one of my dreams i'm fanboying right now he's not even here it would be one of my dreams to interview paul felder so if you're listening or any of his friends cousins uncles whatever let paul know that this psychopath wants to interview him yes shout out paul felder he'll be back hopefully and um uh, that's another thing too actually i'm sorry to cut you off before we move on i love that in his post fight interview he said that he was like yeah i have such a passion he was like this is definitely not the end of the road where in his last fight we did see him be like i think this is the end you know what i mean like so it kind of looks like he's found a new a new passion for it you know what i mean but i just don't want to see him turn into like cowboy 
where it's like every time he steps into the ring, he gets his ass beat. You know what I mean? I don't think that he'll ever turn into that, but. And he also has another career in commentating. So I don't want to see him like get his ass kicked. Like not that he's bad. I just don't want to see him get hurt. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't think it's time to step away, but at the same time, just keep doing you, Paul. Yeah, I just wanted your opinion because I, I, no, in I my agree. heart, I was like, yeah, Dos Anjos versus McGregor is not the move at all. I don't like, I don't like it at all, but whatever. Connor's going to Connor. And I, before we go on to the next uh, couple things, uh, I just wanted to mention, I, I forgot this reminded me that the boxing, not that it's relevant, shout out boxing, but <laughs> Terrence Crawford actually fought last night against Carl uh, Kell Brook, excuse me. Terrence Crawford's like one of the greatest pound yeah. boxers of all time. So I feel like we should mention it. He won. He knocked him out in the fourth round. And I don't know what happened because I wasn't watching, but the fight before that, apparently they were waiting for a decision and it was a bunch of like politics and boxing and how it normally is. And all mm-hmm. I wanted to say is the reason why MMA is the greatest sport in the world is because it's not political. It's one company, the good, fi- the best fighters have the best fighters and the boxing will not overtake it until it gets out of that po- political bullshit. Like you're, you're 100% Crawford, right. Earl Spence, let's go lower. Let's go uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, Lomachenko. Who just won the title? Please. What's that dude's name? The Fimo Lopez, um, all those dudes, like they're so marketable, good, young, awesome, undefeated, dope boxers. And no one's talking about them because the sport is so dead. So boxing was the number one in the world. Like for a a while. It's just, I don't know. It's too political now. By political, I mean like you got to talk to one company if you want. Like in order for the big fights to happen, you got to wait five years out of their prime. I'm just over it. Yeah, no, you're right. And they, I remember they even in, like whatever happened yesterday is annoying. I'm just over it. So I remember one when GGG and Canelo fought, they waited for, I think McGregor fought that same night. I don't know if it was McGregor. No, I don't think no. It was McGregor a huge fight though. Night. It might have been um the Jorge Masvidal fight, the against Kamaru. No, it wasn't. It was a big ass fight though, and they wait. They had Canelo waiting on the couch, Triple G waiting on the couch for that fight to end so they could fight. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. All right, we're done with fighting. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> done with fighting. <laughs> Possible landing spots. So we're talking basketball here. Um, you got uh, Harden and Westbrook both on Houston. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about both. I think the well, report just came out about Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets like an hour ago. Yeah, well, just in case you guys live under a rock and you don't know, or maybe if you don't like basketball or anything like that, um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have, you know, voiced their disdain for the Houston I was gonna say the Houston Astros they could do that too if they want the Houston (laughs) Rockets um the way that the direction the franchise is going and if you think about it they will be 1000% cap strapped in about two years they have no draft picks uh I wouldn't be if I was a major star I wouldn't be excited about the direction of it either I like this they hired Stan Van Gundy right Mm -hmm. oh no uh no I think Stan Van Gundy went to New Orleans yeah, that's right. I'm Hold sorry. On. Let me see. What did they hire? I forgot who it was. I don't even know if they did hire um, anyone after D'Antoni. Steve. Steve Salias. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got that mixed up there. No, but I forgot that happened too. They, I that think was the Dallas won- Mavericks assistant. He's actually a good yeah, head coach. Yeah, he is. But they wanted, I'm, I'm pretty sure they wanted Jeff Van Gundy as their head coach. And once they figured out that Van Gundy wasn't going to be, that's when they voiced their disdain. Um, I think both contracts are pretty much immovable if we're talking about yeah, just like salary. Because Westbrook is due 
this year, I think he's due 45. Next year, he's due 47. And then he's got a $47 million player option the year after. So you already know that he's going to be opting into that because who says no to $47 million? Um, Harden, I think, is even worse. I think Harden goes up towards the 50 threshold. So um, I did hear, and I think that honestly, no, like nowhere fits James Harden then New Orleans, and not New Orleans. I'm sorry, God, I get everything messed up. Houston, mm-hmm. because they cater to hit to him being a selfish ball hog and just shoot. You know, he needs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dribbles before he shoots. He's not a catch and shoot type of guy. That he can't go to a team that needs a wing. You know what I'm saying? That could just catch and shoot. He needs to be the center, and there's really nowhere where he can go. If he goes to Brooklyn, I think it would be a disaster because then you have no role players and you got three ball hogs on the same team. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got Kyrie Irving, who's a baby about everything. and thinks that the to earth is flat. You, I don't think KD got, would be an issue. I think Kyrie and James Harden would be bad though. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I think KD's kind of just at that point in his career where he's like, whatever, dude, I'm just still trying to win championships. I don't really think he cares about like scoring titles anymore. And that's like the young KD. KD just is in it to get his bag and get his titles at this point right now. And I think it would be a terrible move because I heard like the possible trade would be like um, Lavert, Dinwiddie, uh, Jared Allen, and basically their entire like good players, except for. You know, obviously, yeah. yeah. Everyone like they'll have no role players whatsoever. So to me, I think it, it would be a disaster for him to go there. But what I will tell you is that as a Knicks fan, I would love to see Russell Westbrook go to the Knicks. All right. So I've been waiting to talk about this for a minute. In regards to James Harden, there's rumors that we we just talked about that I think him in Brooklyn. I agree with you. I think he stays put in Houston. I don't think he's going to Brooklyn. One, I don't think they could afford it. Two, I don't. I think it'd be dumb of them to even give up their talent to ruin the dynamic that's already going to be hard with Katie and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Westbrook. So, at first, I was so against it. Why would they trade their youth, the Knicks, to give up a dude who had, who's a brick, <laughs> who has a horrible jump shot? He is a superstar, but. Why would they trade a bunch of youth, their youth just to get someone who's extremely expensive and to who's just not a good shooter and it just wouldn't be a good fit? But then I thought about it. Who dumber but the New York Knicks to pay so much money for a superstar, give away all their youth, and just watch him crumble? See, you know what? And then I, I kind of can... liked it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, like, when, like, the listen. In regard to the money and the picks, it doesn't make sense. In the regard of the fact that I think Russell Westbrook in New York would be the best spot, then yes, because yeah. the way he plays is so New York-esque, electric, mm-hmm. yamming it, loud, confident. His yeah. hustle. Perfect. He gives 100,000%. He gives great responses to the media. Yeah. Yes, his hustle, all that. Does it make sense for the Knicks financially and for their future? Probably not. Will the New York no. Knicks probably do it? Yes. And now, see, <laughs> I liked it from the beginning. And the reason why I liked it from the beginning is I looked at it from so many standpoints. The first standpoint I looked at was, okay, say Westbrook gets traded to the Knicks. Say he doesn't get traded to the Knicks, right? Let's just say he doesn't. And in March, the NBA announces, yes, you could have half capacity at MSG and the Knicks are 25 games under 500 already. Who is going to come? Where are you getting that gate money from? 
does Kevin Knox excite you that much? Does RJ Barrett excite you that much? Mitchell Robinson excites me that much. I'll tell you that. But you know what I mean? You need someone that we have been deprived of a superstar. Since I'm, you know, I'm not even going to say Porzingis was really a superstar because with us, I feel like he really wasn't like he had mm. one, he had one really, really awesome year, but he was basically injured or he was just a prima donna. You can't all be that on a superstar that went, uh, can't be called a superstar if you're on a team that wins 20 games. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is the Knicks need, the Knicks have been promising that player for how long? Drafting clearly hasn't worked, yeah. although I do like RJ Barrett and I think, uh, Damian Dotson and Mitchell Robinson are really good players. I think Mitchell Robinson arguably right now is the Knicks best player. And then Dotson is their best bench player. But what I'm trying to say from that standpoint is, okay, if the Knicks, even with Westbrook, if the Knicks are say 15, 20 games under 500, at least that's someone to watch. You know what I mean? That's someone where I can go, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, let's go to the Knicks game tonight. The tickets are 50 bucks, but at least I get to watch Russell Westbrook run up and down the court. No. And your point is actually what, why they would probably do it because Dolan's all about business and selling tickets. So that would make sense. And to be fair, I want to preface this by saying (laughs) I'm not even a fan of Russell Westbrook. I don't think he's a good ball. I think he's a good ball player. I think he's a horrible shooter and I hate watching horrible shooters. So I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I will say that if he were to go to New York, it'd be interesting. The only thing I don't, like you're nailed everything on the head, but I think the only reason that they wouldn't trade for him is because they just brought in Leon Rose and they're, they're maybe trying this, um draft pick thing one more time and if it doesn't work then then they would trade for a player like Westbrook that's why I don't think they would do it I was thinking that way too and then I looked at it into my like next point about it was the Knicks have so much draft capital that this really and so much cap space the Knicks back themselves first off the Knicks about back themselves into a corner by saying hey we're willing to take terrible contracts why would you say that literally why would you say that like that you're shooting yourself in the foot right there with one bullet you know what i mean like that's that's just ridiculous you're one for one with your shot with one bullet in your foot you know that right there that's typical nicks like style of business where let's just say the most blasphemous thing that's on our mind and see if we can get a rise out of the media and out of the other teams but um what i'm saying is that listen the Knicks youth, I don't care about the youth. The only two people that are untouchable for me on the New York Knicks are Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett. Everyone else could go, honestly. You know what I'm saying? We have no good youth. Kevin Knox is a bust. Everyone else that's on that team is pretty much a bust wherever they were drafted. I don't, I don't care. R.J. Barrett showed me something as his rook, in his rookie year where I think he could be. I'm not going to say he's a superstar, but he'll be a very good basketball player. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is going to be a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Those two guys off the table, everyone else on the table. I don't care about the youth. The youth sucks, dude. Youth is going to get us nowhere. And you know what? You need a superstar. And to the, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Knicks, I say, I'm taking this terrible contract, the eighth pick off the table. You cannot take my draft lottery pick for Russell Westbrook. I don't care. You're not taking it. I'm taking all this cash. I'm taking $130 million in salary in three years. You're not getting my, you're not getting my pick. You're not getting R.J. Barrett. You're not getting Mitchell Robinson. Any other pick that you want, besides for the lottery pick that they're probably going to have next year, you know what I'm saying? You make it a a top 15 protected pick. You give it to them. You give them whatever youth they want. And then you get Russell Westbrook for a few years. And you know what? Westbrook, honestly, if they don't give up too much besides for draft capital, Westbrook makes them an eighth seed in the East. The Knicks will get back to the playoffs with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Will they will they make any noise? No, but they'll get back to the playoffs. 
And that's why I'd be in favor of it. But we're going to have to see how that plays out. I, I think you nailed it all in the head. I, I'm really, I don't really have much more to say than that, other than the Knicks would be the only dumb team to do some shit like that. So I don't think it's a dumb move on their stay. On, I see on it their both end, sides, 50 50. I think, I'm, you know what? And you, take, you take a risk. As, as a new GM, Leon Rose, you know what I'm saying? Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau is not here to build players he's here to win now and as ludicrous as that sounds being the coach of the Knicks saying I'm here to win now you know what I mean but you give him the players and he's a proven coach if you give him Russell Westbrook he'll get you something I'll tell you what if Westbrook wins a ring for New York that'll be a story thing for him and his career they'll rename Madison Square Garden Russell Westbrook Arena I swear to God for for Russell Westbrook his career and the Knicks and their franchise so that would be dope I agree um would you like to move on? Our new general manager, first woman in Major League Baseball history. This is awesome. I love it. Um, I love it. Break um, it down for me. Go ahead. Yes. So in case, once again, you live under a rock, this is huge news coming out of the MLB. Pretty much the only news that came out of the MLB this week is that the Miami Marlins and Derek Jeter hired Kim Ang as the first woman general manager yeah shout out Derek Jeter for this This is a great move first of all anyone who's saying um she's a bad hire clearly don't know what they're talking about laughable they're just saying that I'll be straight up they're just saying that because she's a woman yeah no I agree it's ridiculous her pedigree is better than are you telling me that her pedigree isn't better than Brody Van Wagenen who was just the 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 Mets general manager she won three world titles titles with the Yankees by the way and I don't even think people know that yeah she was also from the jump yeah yeah, she was also in the front off. She started off her career with the White Sox from 1990 to 1997, and she was most recently with, with the Dodgers from 2002 to 2011. She's been around baseball for decades, and you know what? I She learned, first off, she was the assistant general manager to Brian Cashman, so right there she gets an A-plus from me because Brian Cashman is one of the top three, job. if not the top general manager in baseball and has been for some time. I was just pulling up the stats that she has had eight, eight, eight postseason appearances, six league championship series, and three World Series championships. She has 30-plus years of experience with the White Sox from, like you said, from 1990 to 96, the Yankees from 98 to 2001. The Dodgers, and by the way, the Yankees won 98, 99, and 2000, so that was a great mm-hmm. beat for her. The Dodgers from 2002 to 2011, and then she was with the MLB's commissioner office mm-hmm. for nine years from 2011 to hey. now 2020. And Derek uh, Jeter decided to bring her on. I want to talk about the Marlins as a whole. They are, this. this is a huge Bro. move for them. Shout out to them. Bro, the Marlins, honestly, are doing – everything right lately in my opinion like the way that like jeter's regime took over and was like all right yelich you're gone look slow at first yeah like like, stan you're gone everyone that's good you're gone i was kind of like okay so they're really really rebuilding and you know what 60 game season or not they made it to the playoffs they went past the first round of the playoffs you know what i'm saying don mattingly won one manager of the year in the NL, which I thought was extremely well-deserved. And another thing too, I don't know how much you know this, is that when Jeter was hired, not hired, when Jeter bought the team, Mattingly went to Jeter and was like, look, I want our Yankee ties to have nothing to do with this. If you don't want me as the guy, I'm not going to fight you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't let just us being on the same team or anything like that, um, you know, try and take you away from where you're trying to take the direction of the team. Yeah. Which is and Jeter, and Jeter was literally like, look, like I know you are my guy. You know what I'm saying? So he's clearly riding with Donnie baseball. Donnie baseball has provided him with excitement this year. 
Um, their farm system is top five in the MLB, and they just hired arguably right now the most excited. This is the most buzz I've ever seen around an, a, a GM. This is exciting. A great baseball. move. It's a great, it's a great move. move. For PR standpoint, baseball standpoint, everything. I, I love what the, Mar- the Marlins She really knows are doing. what she's doing, too. You know, that's what's awesome about I'm, this. I hope she's – and I'm not I'm, – please believe me when I say that. I'm not saying this because she's a woman. I hope she succeeds because, honestly, I just love what's coming out of Miami lately. I agree. I agree. Um, and I think that concludes episode 28, by the way. I thought this was an absolute banger of an episode. This was an absolute banger. We gave you a little shorty this time because we – you know, I know that in I don't past think it was weeks – I think it was an hour plus. That's my yeah, prediction. Well, that's that's short for us. For real. But um, but um, we've we've given you a lot of our voices over the last couple of weeks, um. So we figured we would give you a little bit of a break and you know tell us to shut up for a little while. But uh, and uh, <laughs> as Peter uh, wrote here, oh, by the way, plug walk. That's where we will now plug everything, which I love. Okay, um, that's what, that'll be the intro song that we open up to, plug walk by Rich the Kid. But a clean version, maybe. Like Peter said, um. You've heard our voice often, but um, I'd say on YouTube, we've been a little bit quiet, but we have Peter uh, holding down some content, which is always great. So check us out. Check out that new video that Peter just dropped on YouTube. Um, you want to just set, do you have a little thing about that real quick? I just mean, called Unbreakable. Yeah, exactly. And it's basically, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I want you guys to go check it out. But if you're interested in seeing records that will probably, actually no, records that won't be ever broken, go watch that video. It's really dope. Um so check that out. And our YouTube will be back up and busting soon. Um, Peter, I actually want to share this with the fans um, who are still here because shout out all you guys. Uh, Peter made a name. Uh, he, he decided how big uh, big businesses make quarterly meetings. We are going to have a nice quarterly meeting soon and come back with some fire. The new year is almost done. We're about to celebrate our one year anniversary real soon. So let's clap it up for that. Okay. We're one year strong. Um, almost. To that. Yeah, we should take a nice little drink to that. The uh, coronavirus couldn't keep us down. So believe me, nothing could keep us down. If we're still here strong, we actually thrive the most Get stronger. Get stronger. Yeah, literally. So you're not getting rid of us anytime soon. I'm sorry for all those who hate us, but it's so slow for you. We'll always be here. I just wanted a little motivation at the end of that episode. And now it's time for the wonderful plugs. If you are not, because I know you're not, follow at TTL Sports WW on Instagram. <laughs> we post some great content on there. Really, it's actually absolutely phenomenal. So please give us a follow there. It's where you can find out all the Thanks, updates baby. on us. Shout out our social media manager, Peter Andrusani. Um, Twitter, Take This L Sports 1 at Twitter. It is at Take This L Sports 1. And YouTube at Take This L Sports. Anchor, we are on 20-plus platforms. We are sponsored by Anchor. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play, everything. Overcast, Breaker. Overcast, Breaker, not Stitcher, We don't rap. Deezer, all that kind of stuff. You cannot Again. Google Play, everything like that. And don't forget about the most important app that we have been a part of for a little bit over two weeks now. Go. Wait for you to say it. No, go. We are on TikTok. That is right. <laughs> At TTL Sports. <laughs> Let's go. We are live on TikTok, baby. Peter, <laughs> social media manager, spoke to the representatives from Microsoft because they now own TikTok and we are now we have a deal with TikTok, so we're on TikTok. That's right. We're making uh, about a milli every view that we get. So yeah, really so run with some love. Up. And by a milli, I mean a millionth of a percent of a penny. So no, uh, shout out TikTok for real. We're gonna start posting some more content on there. So I mean, we already are, but like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to throw those dances on there and stuff like yo, that. Yeah, we really have to start like taking advantage of like shaking our ass, Matt, because yeah. honestly, <laughs> there are a lot of these videos on TikTok where these girls shake their ass and they do a terrible job, and they get a and huge, they still get a yes. lot of likes. So you know what? I'm I'm 
I'm slamming my hands Slam. right now. I'm saying that I could do a better job than half of those girl girls right now. I co-sign right that. Now, Pause. What is this? What is this? It's. I don't even know where we are in this episode right now. I know we're at the end, but if you sc- if you timestamp this and you personally message this to me, I will post a TikTok of me shaking my ass on the TTL. <laughs> <laughs> all right listen i'm i'm gonna have to in this business meeting we're gonna have to speak about that not sure if i'd like to see peter's ass getting shake <laughs> on the tiktok but please follow us at ttl sports on tiktok if you want to see peter shake his ass along with some great content before we go shout out the great uh number one fan of the show um i really just wanted to give a huge shout out he's my good friend johnny sins himself <laughs> always a huge supporter he messaged us yesterday saying keep up the great work guys um and um hopefully you guys could hear from him soon but he's in spirit right now um i want to shout out three people right now three people that i always know i'm, I'm a little i'm a little uh, i'm feeling good right now the three people that i know will always make it to this point right now shout out my two two of my best friends in the entire world Ethan Musel, Chris Rubio, yes, and shout out my amazing Uncle Michael, who is literally our biggest fan, who no one will ever know about him, but he is the biggest fan. He's always giving us encouraging words every single week. He works for ABC, so he knows the ins and outs of all this kind of business and everything like that. So he's always giving us pointers and everything. He's uh, an amazing guy. He's he's just the best. I can't even, you know, but without getting emotional, I, I just can't say enough about him and the support that he gives us. So thank you, you three guys. Shout out those amazing three people for the support. And before we sign off, I myself would like to give um, one shout out to whoever the winner of this week's next um, $50 parlay giveaway is. Peter had the word, send the timestamp of Let Russ Cook. I can't tell you where that was, but I missed it myself. So good luck finding it. And thank you to everyone who is still here supporting we are coming in hot. It is the end of the year. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll probably be here before Thanksgiving, but happy yes, holidays. Sir. And um, future's bright. Plug walk. Shout out the tornado warning. And Peter, let's end it. I don't even understand how my plug talks, but right there, that guy right there is Matthew Garber. I am Peter Andersani. And until next time, grrrah.